0: Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Rossi, and with me, as is usually the case, are the two magnificent co-hosts. I, I like the word magnificent. It's a fun word, and it it implies magnificence, which is also another thing I like. Uh, first up, the editor-in-chief of Blizzard Watch and our overall grand hype Alex Zibart. Alex, what's going on? Hello. Uh, I've been playing a lot
1: more Heroes of the Storm than a while lately. Um, I, I, I do this sometimes. I just go in waves. I, I get really into it, and I play it hardcore for a few weeks, and I'm like, all right, I'm done for now. Cool, what who I've are you playing? Uh, I'm still rotating through Heroes to get to level 5 on everybody. Because at level 5, you get 500 gold. And I'm mm-hmm. determined not to spend money on Heroes beyond I bought the starter pack or whatever. Gotcha. But um, lately, in the last couple of days, I've been playing Tyrande. Because she is, is an amazing support. And that she puts out a lot of healing. can put out a lot of damage. She seems all around pretty good, even if she doesn't excel at any particular thing. She's gotcha. a lot of fun.
0: What skin are you using? Just default?
1: Yeah, just the default, because I haven't spent money on skins. I've also been playing Sonya, who is just a monster in the best possible way. I love it.
0: Yeah, We talked about her before. You said that she has really good offense, but not much defense.
1: Yeah, she's a warrior, but she very much plays like an assassin, where she can't take too much... Like, burst damage can put her down really quick. She has low HP, but if you can manage to get your health back up, you can get right back into the fight real quick, and she puts out just tons of offensive damage
0: cool uh also with us this week as is always the case uh and stickney and what about you what have you been doing
2: um getting ready to go on a trip i'm going over to denver tomorrow and then i'm going to go see a video games live concert at red rocks on wednesday and russell brower is going to be there and he's going to be conducting the warlord symphony so like or the warlord suite so i'm really excited about this
0: cool yeah that sounds pretty awesome uh do you have anything else you want to talk about about that? I mean, that sounds pretty cool.
2: Um, You're going to be
1: at Red Rock during the Gamescom explosion.
2: Yeah, I am. I'm going to be there during the... See, and the thing is, is, like, I planned this before we figured out what was going on with Gamescom. Yeah, we hadn't...
1: Like, I don't... I think we, oh, I personally was guessing that this would happen at Gamescom anyway, but I didn't even bother to look at when Gamescom was. And we said, yeah, go to this thing. It'll be great.
2: I don't think I don't think we even had a date for Gamescom at that point. I'm not sure. Because I, I don't know. I ordered the ticket. It was like well over a couple of months ago. I don't know. Sure it was a while ago.
1: Because, I mean, it, conventions, conventions yeah. have to have these dates. We just didn't bother to look.
2: We weren't thinking about that, really. I mean, yeah. and I... I from my experience i thought gamescom was like later in the month but no. that's okay I so yeah quite, i'm yeah. I, i'm going to be well let's see when is the announcement itself it's on the 6th isn't it yep okay so yeah i'm the concerts on the night of the 5th so the 6th i'm going to be at the adams county fair <laughs>
1: yeah I, the gamescom thing is kind of weird cuz they have blizzard has their big press conference Uh, morning on Wednesday, like very early morning in Central Time. Yeah. their announcements aren't coming until the day after, so I'm not sure what the press conference is actually going to have.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. question.
1: Because I don't think there's any nda or embargo okay. or anything that. i'm just conference. gonna say
0: this let's just actually start talking about the news of this week because that's what this is <laughs>
2: oh, that's, right? yeah. essentially
0: we've essentially just started talking about it we might as well do that we'll um, just roll into that yeah uh basically this week is gamescom if you don't know what that is it's one of the larger game conventions in the world it's it takes place in germany and this year blizzard is going to be there as they are most years um since instance, I believe it was last year or the year before. It was the year before they announced the Diablo 3 expansion at Gamescom. And this year, they're going to be announcing the new World of Warcraft expansion. Uh, that's right. For the first time ever since they've had uh, BlizzCon, they've announced, they're going to announce an expansion not at BlizzCon. Uh, which has kind of got some people upset and some people not. So we can talk about that. But first, you guys have any reaction about the fact that they're doing the Gamescom announcement this year? They're doing the uh, expansion announcement at Gamescom. Anything it, thoughts?
1: At this point, I, I kind of prefer it because the years where an expansion is either too early in development or about to release, the WoW stuff at BlizzCon really sucks. Like last they, year, was they just don't have a the, lot
2: to talk about. Yeah, right.
1: They're like, "Oh, it's too early in development. We don't really want to talk about it." Or we know everything already. is about to release. I think it was it twenty twelve. That was really horribly boring. Because they didn't have anything to say. And then last year, Warlords was releasing the next week. So, Yeah,
2: 2010, they had absolutely nothing Warcraft, really.
1: Man, we've been doing this a long time. I keep thinking it's more we recent. Have.
2: Than that. We have. We yeah. have. That was the first BlizzCon I went to.
1: 2010 was so dull. And last year, the WoW panels were dull. It was like PowerPoint presentations. Of,
0: last year was the BlizzCon that was basically dominated by Overwatch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean all the WoW panels were PowerPoint presentations of uh here's what's new, but you already know that because Patch Show is already on live realms.
2: Yeah, it, it just it was kind of like rehashing everything that everybody already knew. So it wasn't really there was no real excitement there. Yeah, so they yeah, had the okay. Warcraft movie thing, that was entertaining, but Yeah.
1: So it's like okay, so BlizzCon won't have the like, here's the new expansion reveal. But if they reveal it at Gamescom, may become BlizzCon we'll be able to get a lot more information than we would otherwise be able to get at this stage of development. Yeah, so yeah, I'm actually excited yeah. about it.
0: The other thing is we don't really know what the stage of development for this expansion is other than they're working on it. That's what right. we all have been told already. Yeah, uh,
2: what I'm what I'm kind of um I, I'm I'm perfectly okay with them doing the initial announcement at Gamescom like this. And I've said it before is this gives them how many months between now and BlizzCon to figure out what they want to like fill us in about. So I'm cool with that. It'll it'll make it should make BlizzCon more of like a targeted thing, where we're hearing about stuff that we really want to be hearing about.
0: Uh, in my yeah. wildest dreams for this, what will happen this week is that we will get basically a teaser ton of announcement, the way we did for Warlords back in like 2013. Yeah. You get like a little video. You get a basic idea of what it's going to be, and that's basically it. And that's all that we need to have at Gamescom. And then by hopefully BlizzCon, which is November again this year, yeah. Uh, yep. By then they'll have actual demos and they'll have people get maybe to play it.
1: The beta will. I mean, who knows? Maybe the beta will hit at BlizzCon. That would be nice.
0: Uh, That'd I'm not be gonna eat. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath on that one, but it would be nice. I do, I, I am a little concerned, like, we're talking about faster expansions, and this is faster in terms of announcing the expansion, but that doesn't mean they can get it out, they're They're not going to be able to get this expansion out anything like a year after, um... No, Warwick it'd have to dropped. be released right after BlizzCon, yeah. and there's no way. It's just, it isn't going to happen. And that's, I'm fine with that. I am fine with it not being that fast, because I'm one of those people who actually, I'm worried if it starts going to a year I, I don't think I can afford to be, to buy a WoW expansion every year I mean, I don't buy a lot of games and when I do buy them, they tend to be like you know, digital only purchases so I don't end up spending as much money, so, I don't know but, well, the-
1: I mean, pay for your subscription with WoW tokens, then you save, you'll save money at the end
2: I'm paid up through October, I should I probably buy a few more of those things I don't generate gold like you guys do uh, talk to me
1: after
0: the podcast anyway but the other <laughs> thing to, the the other thing to like think about in all this in terms of the expansion coming and so forth is uh we i read I read an article a while back about ramp up time and you know the mythical man month and wow and all that and I wish I could find it and credit the guy because he's it, got me thinking about a lot of stuff one of the things that's got me thinking about is have they finally gotten all that extra staff up to speed are these guys firing now is it is it a case where the entire WoW development team is all caught up, they're all at the same level with the tools, they all know what's going on. What are they doing with that, with that manpower? What is this expansion going to be? How big is it going to be? Because if they're doing them faster, the obvious consequence of faster seems to be that they'll cut back on content. And I think that would be a huge mistake. I like, think this is the expansion not to, not to cut back on content. This is the expansion to have tons of content. This needs to have a lot of content.
1: I mean, it really depends on how they allocate those developers. Like, they could just have, like, okay, we doubled our staff, and they're all working on this one product. Or they could be doing it, like, other annual releases. Like, uh, people aren't going to like this comparison because these games haven't gone over well recently. But, for example, Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed. There's, it's not just one team developing them. There's, uh, I think Call of Duty in particular has two or three different development houses working on Call of Duty. And each dev house has a game in the cycle. So developer one puts out this title, and the next one will be from developer two and developer three, and it will come around again. So they could have two different teams developing WoW at the same time, and we still get these expansions. They just come faster because they have two going at once.
0: That would be something at least to think about. The problem with that, of course, is that WoW tends to be a very interwoven game. Sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, like class developers and stuff like that, like class balance and all. That would obviously have to not be divided, but yeah. like questing, dungeons, raids, world content. I mean, that I'm, can you can have multiple versions going at once.
2: I'm kind of hoping that we get a lot of content with the next expansion cuz right now um Am I the only one that's just a little bit let down by the fact that they raised the price of the game and I feel like we've gotten less from it (laughs) than prior expansions. Yeah, I... I don't don't feel like I got my money's worth here. I
1: really don't. I have a hard time faulting them about, like, would I like to pay less? Yes. Uh, But it it depends, you know, if... It
2: it just feels like I just paid more for less stuff is the thing.
1: Well, I mean... It might even cost more now to produce discs and boxes so forth that it did you know 10 years ago but yeah
2: I okay I i'll give them that the subscription I'll... prices
0: stayed low for a very long time too there's, yeah there's that but one of the things that i i i wanted to actually ask both of you this while i have you here and uh then i can maybe even turn some myself what's the one thing you absolutely feel like you have to hear about this week to to be at least happy with the announcement what's the thing that you're like most want to hear about this expansion if if the you can hear
2: anything of scenarios please.
0: Okay. That's Anne. Alex
1: dungeons. And I want there to be zero orcs in the cinematic, in the teaser trailer. Okay. I want a story like, okay. Gul'dan Dan is almost certainly going to be there. Cause I mean, warlords set it up that way. And I think they specifically said this expansion leads directly into the next. So Gul'dan's going to be there, but other than Gul'dan, Dan, give me a story about some other group than orcs and humans.
0: Okay. Uh, for myself, uh, what I really, really want more than anything else is more diverse kinds of content, and that means basically both kind of both of what you're both saying. But I really want them to actually have dungeons and scenarios and zones like Tanan or or the, or the Timeless Isle. And I don't understand why we don't get zones like Tanan or the Timeless Isle as a leveling context. That's kind of what Frostfire was, wasn't it? You have bit. more bit. You have more events and stuff is going on.
2: A little yeah. bit. I mean, there were there were quests that took you through the zone and there was an overarching story that went on through the zone. But there were also a lot of little events and things scattered here and there for you to discover. So it was kind of a pleasant mix between the two. And Shadow Moon, I love leveling through Shadow Moon, but I I didn't feel quite the same about yeah, all the stuff that was there.
1: I think I said this before on the show, but it feels like they made Frostfire first, and they were making all these cool like events that happen. Then they went, "Oh, this takes way too long. We're gonna, not going to do this in the other zones." And then they just had Frostfire as like a special case.
0: Well, Talador has a few, um, and Talador has a very sweeping quest flow, much more so than yeah. like, you know, any other zone. Like I honestly felt like when I was done with Gorgrond, I felt like, "Wow, that was pointless." But I mean, I liked some of pointless the. Wait, listen. Very
2: fast. Yeah, I mean
1: the quest flow everywhere is pretty good. I think Gorgon split questing, I think that for me that was a failure. I found it to be a failure.
2: I wonder if
0: I'd say a failure, but I definitely didn't like that in order to see the whole zone, you had to do the quests and then go do the events that were the quests if you had taken the other choice. Right. It's just weird to me. And I ended up running around trying to do the events that wouldn't trigger or I couldn't figure out what cave they were in, or I'm sitting there going, Okay, I I would like to just be able to do quests down here. Just let me do both sides of quests. Right. And the whole like thing is like you can miss- do
2: that something. if you pay to swap the outpost. Or but level you have to pay Yeah, or level in alt. You have to like either pay gold to swap the outpost, or you have to level an alt and experience the other side. Yeah, I, I kind of if
1: they're gonna do that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. For alts to make the stuff like replayable, they need to get their ducks in a row of wh- whether they like us having alts or not.
2: Yeah, that's Some
1: true. systems discourage it, some systems encourage it. So it's like, do you what's going on? But in like, I think the quest flow across Draenor was good. It's just Frostfire in particular it seemed like there was so much time and care making it to those vignettes, which are like new vignettes. This is a cool new thing. These these events within the zone and boss fights within
0: the zone, but only Frostfire
1: had them. Until you get to Tanan.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, for, I mean, Frostfire definitely had them more. I mean, I remember there's two or three in Shadowmoon that I found, but not nowhere near as many. I still
2: really liked Spires of Iraq. Yeah, I liked that zone a lot. I, I didn't like was... I didn't like traveling through that zone because when you try and get on top of a mountain, but there's no real clear path because the mountain is all grooves that kind of look like paths to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pain in the butt.
0: <laughs> I remember thinking about. Iraq. the one part about Iraq i didn't like was the weird fungus part around the 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 like southern where the border. goblins were yeah well not the goblins so much as like there was a place where you'd have to go for a daily event where there was like the the, the tentacle brain sucker oh the,
1: the brain oh, looks. Yeah. i yeah. didn't really understand what was going on in that area like
0: is this like another old god place because it seems like that's what you're implying but no whatever I definitely, though, we know the expansion's coming. It's kind of hard to talk about anything else, really, with knowing that that's coming, but we don't know what it's going to be in any way, shape, or form. They, You know, and I don't... This isn't a case where they've misled us through their incredible, like, you know, security system. This is where the, trying to figure out what the next what this expansion has led up to has been, like, an exercise in frustration. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm, I don't know what we're going to have this week. It's, it's one of those times. I'm where
2: interested I'm, in seeing, and I'll probably, like, before I before I leave Denver, I'll probably, like, grab my iPad and see if I can <laughs> see what happened before I get on the road, because I'm dying to know.
1: Yeah. And this isn't something they can get in the teaser trailer, but just the ex- next expansion, I really want to see a renewed focus on dungeons. Just a, It's a selfish thing. Like, that's the content that I like doing. And it's the content I can do.
2: This is why I want to see scenarios come back. Because right, I and really loved those. Uh, I, you know,
1: warlords dungeons. Like, well, number one, I didn't think they were very good. <laughs> it's personal preference. I didn't really like them, but they were also only relevant for a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was like there were some neat ideas in warlords dungeons. Uh, the train fight dungeon—that's neat in concept. I, I didn't feel like it was really.
2: The you execution wasn't quite there.
0: It wasn't quite what I wanted. Uh, I felt a lot of the time like, you know, some of the mechanics were ridiculous and we, you went through that it That really was fast. really
1: frustrating through the dungeon finder, the guy on the turret. Yeah. Especially because, like, early in the expansion, the, the like, ground fire he cast or whatever was spawning under the floor. Yeah. So your entire party would die and you'd you have no You couldn't even reason.
0: see it. Yeah, you couldn't even see it. Yeah, you had no idea where that was happening. There was, there was stuff like that, but... Uh, it's just when the dungeons, the, the removal of Valor and the, the lack of a clear substitute for it, like they kept changing their mind over what they were going to use as it, like was it going to be resources, is it going to be a Uh The lack of a clear re- replacement basically took away one of the reasons people ran dungeons when they weren't relevant to them anymore. Yeah. People were running dungeons for Valor, and I know to some degree that caused problems because you'd have overgeared people in dungeons who didn't want to be there who were only there for Valor, but taking it out meant that just nobody was going.
1: Period. I just and I really miss them adding new dungeons like Wrath. You know, it's like okay, Ice Cream, Citadel and these dungeons. It, yeah. it wasn't just okay, let's keep running the old ones over and over and over. It's like okay, we can run the old ones and these new
0: ones. Yeah, the last time they did that was Cataclysm, I believe. Where Cataclysm actually did it twice.
2: Yeah, Cataclysm yeah. did it. They I honestly I like I want them I want them to carry mythic dungeons forward. 'cause i i did I did a few I've done a few now, and the gear that I've gotten out of there is actually pretty good i was I was pretty happy with it, and that kind of made the whole oh, go run a dungeon that made it a little bit more relevant, i guess mm-hmm. um plus uh, doing it on mythic was kind of fun. Everything was really difficult again. <laughs> not yeah, like super, um, super difficult, but difficult enough that we were wiping, you know? It wasn't It wasn't just a run through and stampede over everything, and I, I like that.
1: I, I poo-pooed Mythic Dungeons a bit, but I think it's just because it released at a point where I was grumpy about the state of dungeons in Warlords. Um, I'm not opposed to the idea. It was just like, okay, there's no new dungeons. The dungeons they gave us were dead right away, so it kind of felt like, Okay, mythic dungeons we're going to put a band-aid on this horrible problem. It's like, well I, I do like the idea about it. It's
0: already a so. scar. The thing you know, is if they if they put mythic dungeons in and then they can update them with every new raid tier, like as a new raid tier comes out, they just up up the level of the gear that drops in them. You can keep them fresh for a while, but they still need to introduce new dungeons.
2: Yeah, they do. Straight
0: up, they need to
2: release just new dungeons. give us something different to look at. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. And right. again, it
1: might just be me, but I didn't feel like most of the dungeons expansion were particularly inspired. But uh, I
0: mean, Spires of Iraq Dungeons, I actually thought the one is it Skyreach, is that what it's called?
1: Skyreach. I didn't mind Skyreach, but the problem with Skyreach was it was the one dungeon you needed to do for the for the legendary ring.
0: You needed so to that's do three of them. Skyreach what? is where you get the first ring item. Oh, okay, yeah, but you have to do Blood Mall Slag Mines too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Blood Mall Slag Mines. you want to talk about a dungeon that I hated, Blood Mall Slag Mines. is right yeah, there as the dungeon. Oh, my god. It
1: always seemed, when I queued for a dungeon, it always seemed I either got into Skyreach or the stupid train, and when I got in the train, it was because people were dropping group at the turret boss. Yeah. And if you got in there and people were dropping at the turret boss, you might as well drop because that group's not getting past it.
0: Yep. Anyway. Okay, we should probably talk about emails now because... We do that here on the show. Uh, if you have an email you'd like to send to us, uh, it's always it's the podcast at BlizzardWatch All one word on Blizzard Watch, and we'll be more than happy to look at it. Um, it you know we're, we'll talk about lore, but we have a whole lore podcast now. So you know if you have like a deep detailed lore question, you might want to try and send it there. Uh, but we we'll, you know we'll still talk about lore here because you know it, it's Ann and I. What, what are we going to do? Not talk about lore? We're going to just. Not... <laughs> I mean seriously, it's not like Alex is shy. Dude has opinions. He'll he'll share them. It's yeah. So we will talk about it. But you know, we, we also can talk about your non lore questions. And the first one I hear you have is actually kind of a non lore question.
1: For the record, I don't hate like we hate lore questions. I have to just be the balancing act here because those two
0: ridiculous. Yeah. He needs to, basically. He is sitting on you know. He has two you know magnificent horses in stallion in in, in harness. And if he doesn't keep us from doing, it, we'll take him right off the bloody cliff. We'll do it.
2: I'm a horse now. Is that? I'm a horse too. What's wrong with horses? Horses are great.
1: (laughs) For the record, I don't read the
2: question, Rossi.
0: (laughs) This one's from Autumn's Bane, uh, and Autumn's Bane did not give a pronunciation guide, so hopefully, I'm getting it right. Um, Hello, watchers. I'm a bit confused, but an early Warlord story moment. We're told. No, uh, hold on, hold on. You're right. It's two emails. They got me. All right, this one's from Vesuvius. My bad. Uh, hello, Watchers. I'm a bit confused about an early Warlord story moment. Uh, we're told going into the expansion that Garrosh brought some Black Fuse or- Company goblins back with him to Draenor in order to modernize the Orcish clans. But that doesn't seem possible. We, we see in both a Warlord short story and the end of war crimes that only Garrosh and Kairos went back. And it doesn't seem Kairos had enough time to bring anyone else in before his untimely stabbing. So how did the Iron Horde get its technology? It seems absurd to say Garrosh just had it all memorized. Looking forward to your thoughts and thank you for your time, Vesuvius. All right, I'm going to let you guys go first because I have an idea. But, Ann,
1: I do think it's weird. Oh, Anne, go.
2: <laughs> oh, no, go ahead, Alex. Come I ahead. do
1: think it's weird that I don't recall them ever mentioning where these goblins came from anywhere in game or in any material. It's just something Blizzard told us.
0: No, it's in the uh, dungeon dungeon journal. For well, the, for the iron docks, and for the uh, the train. We have one that is?
1: Okay, well, I guess I haven't no. read that because I would expect it to be mentioned in a quest or something.
2: Yeah, you would expect that, wouldn't you? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's just, it's just one
1: this is another one of things where I put this in just because like, yes, I wanted to see way.
2: what would happen. <laughs> uh as far as you know, what. I don't know. I don't know how they got their technology. I believe it was mentioned somewhere that Garrosh had a set of blueprints that he turned over to the Black Rock or whatever, but goblins, no, he didn't take any goblins with him. He was there solo. But
1: the goblins are there. When yeah, exactly.
2: There? So he must have, like, at some point, maybe when they opened the Dark Portal, yeah. he sent a strike force through. They went and recruited some goblins and brought them back. Maybe that's part of what they were doing out in Blackrock. I don't well, know. No, because so that so wouldn't that- make for that matter, here's a
0: question for you. Yeah. Um, when you, as this guy pointed out in this story, it seems to be just Garrosh and Kairos. How did the Dragonwall get there? What?
2: How did the Dragonwall get there? Not the. Oh original yeah. Dragonwall. Well, no. Now that Not that the original when version. they opened the dark portal, when they opened the dark portal and came through, remember there was a bunch of them that went up to Blackrock Mountain from the That's, dark portal. Yeah, from the dark portal, they probably recruited a bunch of dragon maw dragging them back through Except,
0: no that's the here's the thing the dragon maw weren't in black rock mountain
2: no but what's her name whose name i forget zayla. now how zayla did, how did zayla, zayla was waiting how How is she, she knew like, what the plan was in war Crimes. she knew what the plan was she she was one of the people the he changed the plan yeah
0: there's but no way tell she would... her
2: because they were sweet on each other how or whatever he tell her He's taking he's,
0: he's five years in Draenor. Because I, none of it makes any sense, Rossi. Actually, here's the thing. He's got the Vision of Time. He, I mean, he killed Kairos with it. Uh, apparently, he can use it because use, they, they use it to create a vision, right?
2: They took it to the Throne of the Elements, and the Throne of the Elements actually kind of helped power it.
0: So, once he's, once he's killed the uh, Elder Shaman there and he's got Grom on his side, do they start using it to bring through people? Because that's the only possible explanation.
2: How would Garrosh even know how to use it in that, in that capacity? He's got
0: lots of other people to do that for him. He's got the entire horde full of shamans now. The Iron Horde were full of them anyway. How
2: would they even know how to open a portal like that? They're not time Experiment.
0: people. Experiment with it. That's the spirits to do stuff with it. The spirits could turn it on, right? The yeah. Turn it on Yeah. You know
2: what else would be great? If they actually, like, wrote this somewhere and put some context around it and gave us some sort of, like, something about the story. It, this part is, quite frankly, the fact that he has Zela, the fact
0: that he has goblins, the fact that he's got forces that are part of the original True Horde makes no sense. It does not make any sense. It, there's, it's one of those things, way,
2: like everything else in this expansion, that we just shouldn't think about too know, hard because nobody put any thought into it when they wrote it.
1: It's at the point where I kind of wish they did do that mongrel horde thing they were talking about once. Yeah, that would have been fun. Like Garrosh running around with the kobolds and gnolls. Yeah, I would take that over this.
0: Honestly, the thing is, it's not even that this is bad. This is a simple one to fix, and I think that honestly, it's so simple that they missed it.
2: It's not bad. None of it is actually bad if they actually took the time to flesh it out and write it correctly. But they did, and they That's didn't. Why it's bad. <laughs>
0: I, I I just found, I knew that this was going to get this reaction. That's why I put it in here. Cause it's just too perfect. If you sit here well, and search. Thank you for the-
2: pissing me off, Rossi. Well done. <laughs>
0: Let's, I gotta say Let's it's move entertaining. On.
2: <laughs> oh God. Anyway,
0: the next email is from Autumn's Bane. Okay. Uh, so that was Adam distracting me with beeps. I apologize. Adam
1: with the uh, secret background yeah. messages.
0: <sighs> um, this one is from Autumn's Bane. We already t- told you that one. So I did a little digging regarding the time between the announcements of expansions and release dates. Here's how long each one took. Uh, Classic WoW, 38 months. Really? It took them 38 months from the time they announced the expansion to actually release it? Well, we now, haven't had Warlords
1: for 38 months yet, so they're still doing pretty good.
0: Uh, <laughs> t- 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 TBC, 15 months. Wrath of Lich King, 12 months. Cataclysm, 16 months. Mists of Pandaria, 11 months. Warlords of Draenor twelve months. See, I think it's interesting here because you're going s- strictly from the announcement of the next of the expansion to its release date, and not the length of time that the expansion existed.
2: Because right, Mister think...
0: Pandaria, Mister Pandaria may have announced that thing and then popped it out eleven months later, but they were out a lot longer than that. There was an entire year of us waiting. Yeah, 11... like,
1: yeah. for this me, is... announced dates are kind of irrelevant to me. It's the time, length of time between content drops, because that's what always causes the issue. When and we have don't, something don't. for twelve to fourteen months, it's horrific. But if they announce an expansion, it doesn't come out for fourteen months, but they give us a content patch in the middle. It's not so bad. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't hear you, Anne.
2: You don't look at the. You don't look at the expansion announcement what you look at is when did the last raid for that expansion drop so you know with warlords it would obviously be 6.2 and when you go look at Missa pandaria that would be what was it 5.4 yeah 5.4 and then you know the the one prior to that you look at again what was the last raid tier when did that last raid tier release and how much time was it from that raid tier to when the next expansion came out because that's how long you're sitting there waiting with no new content to play
0: because we have this like right now he mentions uh warlords had 12 months between its announcement and its release but miss of fandarius last patch was easily six months before the announcement of warlords easily because uh, we were talking yeah, we
2: about- were sitting
0: in siege of orgrimmar for well over a year so uh, to finish your email, I'm sorry. This year's announcement in August is different. Uh, with that, with the exception of Vanilla, it is the only pack not announced at a BlizzCon. It also follows potentially the shortest running expansion with the least game content. If they get this done as quickly as Missa Pandaria, we could see the next expansion in July 2016. Current behavior makes me think it will be sooner than that. Perhaps even a spring release following a brief autumn slash winter beta. I would love to hear your thoughts. My thoughts are as if it takes them till July of 2016 to release the next expansion. People are going to lose their minds. That's,
2: They're going to be very unhappy people.
0: Again, Shannon will have been out for a year and they still haven't
1: fixed that issue. That is consistently an issue. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's, that's the problem isn't how long between announcement and expansion. The problem is how long between content. Like how long I don't think Classic WoW took thirty eight months to actually announce Burning Crusade and then release it. I don't think that's No,
1: true. I think it was the announcement of World of Warcraft until it released. Okay, either way, that's... So I think I think even with when they released Warcraft 3, they were like, we're making an MMO, so...
0: Yeah, I, I, if you're talking about, like, I know there were people like involved in testing it in as early as 2000, and it didn't come out until 2004. So by that standard, sure. Burning Crusade's 15 months. I don't even know if that's completely accurate, because Burning Crusade kind of had, like, a... They, we knew it was coming way before it got the official This is the Expansion announcement. And then even when they did the, ori- the original This is the Expansion announcement, it took them like another five months or so. Not I mean, not five months, but at least a few before they announced what the Alliance race was even going to be. Yeah,
1: they yeah. announced the Crusade with the Blood Elves, and Alliance was like, uh, and? what do we get?
2: Alliance had to wait. They had to wait and wait and wait, and there was all kinds of speculation. People thought it was going to be Pandaren for a while it's there. Because it was going to be Pandaren for a while yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzard were like, yeah, it's going to be Pandaren. No, I'm just laughing about that because, like, okay, so I have a story. I have a story about Vanilla and the whole Burning Crusade thing. Um, the guild that I was in on my Alliance character originally, uh, the guild leader was he was a cartoonist. He did a uh, well, it was a writer and, and a car- and the artist from a comic strip called Mac Hall and uh, Ian. When people were talking about all of this, Ian cobbled together a screenshot of a Pandaren standing in, I believe, the Swamp of Sorrows, and it was so convincing that it had people going for the longest time. They thought that it was actually, like, real and there was really going to be a Pandaren, and he was just sitting there laughing his butt off.
1: <laughs> I think I remember that picture. Do you remember that?
2: Do you remember that? Do you remember That
1: picture came up for, like expansions afterwards like it came up. oh yeah
2: no they kept bringing it back up and every time they did he'd laugh and laugh and laugh
1: (laughs) yeah i remember that exact picture
0: so uh, in terms of like this expansion and how fast it will come out i mean this week is the announcement uh if it takes them you know 11 to 12 months then it would be it would be next year i really don't think they can do that this time i think at the very least i think that thing's got to launch by next like february march I, I honestly, I mean,
1: we say this, and I completely agree with you, but I also have to say we say this every expansion, and they I, never approve. Yeah, but... Honestly, maybe this time, but we always like, say maybe this time.
0: Honestly, it doesn't feel the same in the last times. Like, in, la- in previous years, I'd said these kind of things, but I thought WoW could get away with doing whatever it wanted. I don't feel that way anymore. I'm kind of I,
2: hoping that when we reach BlizzCon and... They give us all this information at BluesCon. They open beta immediately after um, because that would be a little more comforting. How long was beta for Warlords of Draenor? It wasn't like super long, was it? Uh, It was was a few months. I recall it
1: kind of dragging on a bit.
0: Well, the beta Uh, itself, even launching the beta dragged on compared to the beta itself. The beta itself's biggest problem from what I recall when I got into it was that it never really had much endgame to test.
2: No, it didn't have endgame to test. You were you were constantly recreating characters and playing through the same zones over yeah. and over again. I, mean, it wiped I think people. I
0: did Frostfire
1: and Shadowmoon about a dozen times. Yeah. Because they kept wiping characters.
2: And then once they opened up Talador, I think I got like about halfway through Talador, and then all of a sudden they reset the characters again, so you had to go through Shadowmoon and then Talador. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> it was a my- giant pain in the butt. <laughs>
1: My perception might be warped because we have the job we do, so we look at all this stuff very closely. But to me, the Warlords beta felt like it dragged on so long, and they it, gave you content in such small pieces that you dev- you you saw it, you saw it way too many times. And by the time the beta was done, it felt like it had gone on forever, and there was nothing to say about the expansion. See,
2: I, I didn't like, I didn't feel like the beta lasted as long as some of pro- some of the previous betas that I'd been in. It and didn't feel as long to
0: the Miss beta to me. The Miss um, beta felt forever to me.
2: It felt forever. I think part of the reason, too, though, that the Warlords one felt short was because I was working on the game guide at the time.
1: Yeah, and it might have just been those characters. So that might have... Like, uh, you, you can only do Frostfire so many times before you're like, I'm done.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember being astonished I got into Spires of Iraq. When I got into Spires of Iraq and uh, Negrand and on the beta, I was, like, amazed. Because yeah. I, I think I had to get, like, I, I think I hit level 95 four times before I finally <laughs> yeah. got past it. I was like, oh, my God, they're not wiping me. Go, go, go. And I stayed up all night one night pushing levels because I was so afraid that they'd, re- you know, I got to get to Negron before they wipe me. Yeah, so, the, I first, was,
2: the first was, time I, uh, sorry, That go was ahead. the first
1: beta that they wiped so many times. And I think it was probably related to garrisons.
2: I think it was. A lot of I think it the was Horde garrison phasing. was
1: available for, like, two months before the Alliance garrison ever became playable.
2: Yeah, it, it took a while for them to open it up. And then I just, I remember um, when they opened up Negrand, I crossed the border into Nagrand and I got knocked over immediately by that wolf pack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I got immediately knocked over by those guys. And for a second, for just one heartbreaking second, I thought that that meant that the servers were going to go down and they were going to wipe everything again. <laughs> Yeah, just because it had been so long, I'm like, no, why are you stopping me now? Oh God!
1: Yeah, I I just remember, like, towards the tail end of the Warlords beta, it was just a strange feeling because, again, we have the job we do, and I just kind of felt like an expansion is about to launch, but this thing has been in beta at this stage for so long, we almost have nothing left to say, and the content isn't playable yet.
2: Yeah, Yeah. there was was a lot of very
1: weird sensation.
0: The other, the in terms of like how fast this bay is going to go, in terms of how fast this thing is going to release, uh, even if it if it, the only way in my opinion, the only way they could like realistically put this thing out in July of next year, and not have people just lose them their little minds, is a they come up with something that people are just desperately eager to play. Like I don't know what the next expansion is going to be. If it's something that just hits the, the community and the community's like, oh, yes, this is what we've wanted all this time, then then they might be able to get away with it. Um, the other possibility is if they dropped a content patch. And I have heard over and over again we've heard that we're not going to get a content patch. So I think that's a mistake. I think and I think they should take this to heart when you're designing your Nest expansion, never go a year between content patches. Ever again. That should be your focus. Not getting expansions out faster, but never going a year between content patches. The longest you should ever go between content patches is eight months.
2: I'm saying content patches, not just patches. Content patches. I think, honestly, that a lot of my problems with Warlords are because they obviously poured so much time into the leveling experience. I mean, it's really well put together. It's really polished. And then you hit level 100 and all of that just kind of evaporates. And to me, it feels like it should be the other way around because realistically, what you're going to spend like a month to maybe leveling and then the rest of it, the rest of that entire time period, you're at max level looking for things to do. So shouldn't that be where the focus is at, you know? Yeah, Yeah.
0: I I don't know if they thought people would go back and do all the events. I don't know what they were thinking, but it does it does feel it feels an awful lot like we got this really great leveling experience expansion, and then we're sitting around twiddling our thumbs. I mean, I I do like (laughs) well
2: that part was fun. I guess I'll check my table now. You know, I I like. Warlords is also very
1: strange with 6.1 not really
0: being a content patch. Yeah, no, 6.1 does not count. That's why I specifically said it has to be a content patch. It can't just be a patch. But you
2: guys, we got the selfie camera.
0: I mean, that was
1: particularly (laughs) weird because they did that that developer Q&A where they're like, well, the selfie camera didn't really have dev time. It was kind of a side project. These guys came in in their off hours and did it. It's like, well, what were they doing on their on hours? Yeah. If the off hours side projects for funzies things was the entire patch, what what did they do when they were actually at work? Like, I'm what hoping they that
2: the an- I'm hoping that the answer to that question is working on the next expansion.
0: I think at this point it has to be that, because yeah. it's really in terms of like what we got this time versus like if you look at Mist's content releases, it's content releases We got um, 5.1 was a relatively large content patch. No, I'm sorry. 5.1 wasn't. 5.2 was. Right? Or am I insane? Which one was Operation Shield Wall? 5.1. Shield Wall was 5.1. So we actually got a big content release in 5.1. We got a, a raid and a big content release in 5.2. We got another content release in 5.3. I mean, it, maybe it wasn't huge, but the whole baron quests, yeah, yeah. quests, things Barrett's, to do, events, baron stuff. You could get. To, uh, you know, I think we Central should. Arnold. I think.
1: Oh, I, I know. We, I know we need to move trouble. on,
0: but go ahead.
1: I don't remember if I'm. I don't think this was. I'm just gonna say it. I don't think Battlefield Barons was originally intended to be in that expansion. Though. They just decided to do it to give a better build up.
0: Maybe, but they got like, it done now. out. Yeah, and they
1: got it done. Like they did it, and it worked out great.
0: Um, there were some people who didn't like the whole going into Orgamar type. I mean, there were people who didn't like the title, and then they changed it to Hordebreaker, and so forth. And they changed the text uh, that Volgen said to be less aggressive. And I, you know, but whatever you want to say they put out solid content almost every patch it was something to do like yeah. Warlords you know Warlords biggest problem I think is that it didn't have content patches it had it's had one content patch and that's the final patch of the expansion Warlords reads it off a lot like a two it's like a two chapter story like you get there here's your garrison campaign then you get the, you know f- 6.1 does literally nothing it, it I makes feel the like game a little and then 6.2 another chapter and then we're done
2: I feel like with Mists of Pandaria, we got a novel. And with Warlords, we got a pamphlet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, w- I would be willing to say that, I mean, if For, they're trying to... You know,
2: to- a really well done brochure. <laughs> it
0: wasn't- I, if they're trying to do it as a multi-chapter you know, multi story across expansions because they're doing them more rap- rapidly, well, they need to do them more rapidly, and that, that we'll see how that works out. But if they're trying to do that, I can accept Warlords' story if it's just part one. I but can't. It, it still bothers me that we we saw you know, Mr. Pandaria up until the content drought was putting out content constantly at a high rate. I mean, we used to... I remember actually writing an article where I was like is this... like, are we going to get too much content that we, can, we can't even keep up with it? Like, are we getting so much that we have to leave it behind? Are we like, is stuff being left on the plate? And then, of course, 5.4 comes out and then it's like tumbleweeds in the distance for a year. And so... Yeah. That's the that's the thing we I think we had were kind they of had they
2: spaced it out a little bit more, it would have been perfect. Just yeah. add that was another the only month
1: thing. between each of those and yeah. then a year without content is, you know, eight to nine months without content.
2: Yeah. Which it still, been,
1: you know, kinda sucks, but it's better.
2: It would have been okay. It would've okay. been okay.
0: I think we're gonna move on to the next email now because we've taken a lot of time on yeah. that one. Uh this one is from Adina, uh from Tower Car EU and uh Adina's question is Dear Blizzard Watch, firstly, love the lore show, Matt and Ann. Keep it up, uh, please. My question is, are there any books about Queen Ashara and Southern Seas? I know it's only a, ge- a guess that you could be the next expansion, but I would still like to know what I can about her. If there aren't any books, can you talk about her on your lore show or the show or any special? I can comment to find info about her. Well, Adina, we did talk about her. Ancients. so you know, you'll, As Alex just said, War of the Ancients, that's the books for you. That's where she features heavily.
2: Yep, and uh, we did actually discuss her this week on Lorewatch, So next week you will get to hear that. Yep, unless you're a patron, in
0: which case you get to hear it now. In which so.
2: case, go log into Patreon right go now and <laughs> give it a listen. Yeah. So
0: next email is from Gale Force, and this one's also about our, our Patreon. So Gale Force's uh, question is: If I am a Patreon supporter, is it possible to get the early podcast releases to the app on my phone, or is it direct download only? Regards, Gale Force, guys. Um.
1: I think that would be a question for Adam, and he's being silent producer. I don't okay. know if we can get an answer to that.
0: All right, well, we're gonna, hopefully he can type it out or something, and we can answer that later, a little bit later in the show for people, because I think they probably want to know and should know. So
1: Adam is probably listening in, so he knows it's a thing, and he'll get to it if he
0: can. Okay, um, looking at these emails. I'm going to go for the last email, because... Okay. I see, you know, the other two are pretty long, and if we have time for them, we'll get to them. But Greetings, watchers. Isn't it interesting that ogres exist on Draenor and Azeroth? The, this also seems to have the same kind of society. So do all ogres descend from the ones that came through the Dark Portal during the First War? Beware the fruit vendor, Crow Threadstrong. Leatherworking supplies on Shatrath. I don't think uh, this is Crow. Yeah, well, he said it is. Um, I think he's
2: a liar. Crow is my favorite.
0: Well, say, um,
1: I, all say, I think, excuse um, me, Azeroth has no native orcs, no. right? They're all no. from
0: orcs, yeah. ogres. Those guys are from Draenor. Yes, they are from. In fact, all ogres currently on Azeroth are from the ogres who came through with the original horde. They're not even like they didn't get through when Draenor was about to blow up. They're the ones who were in the army, uh, and then they defected. Basically, they didn't really defect so much as the, the orcs had lost, and the ogres were like. We're going to wander around and just settle down anywhere, and humans are like, "Ah, they're not really doing anything we We just went through this big war and they're just kind of sitting there in that that you know monster infested swamp or that place with all the dead people, so I'm just let's uh, just let's just let them do their thing. Yeah, Why not? As long as they're not really bothering us, we don't really care because so that seem
1: to be a whole lot of ogres though
0: yeah well they, they apparently breed very quickly, considering you can't tell what gender any of them are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay uh, Adam has just answered the question so I'm going to answer it I'll read the answer to it out loud to everybody the answer is for now it's only download or via the SoundCloud app but we're looking for a way to create a private podcast stream for our subscribers so that's the answer to your question for now those are the two ways to do it um, but but we are looking at it and you know, Adam likes to tinker and likes to be innovative so we'll see what he comes up with I think that's pretty cool Yep. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, it's. Just, I mean, stuff
0: like Dire Maul, like they have a whole thing going on there. Dire Maul, it, It's not just Dire Maul. I mean, Dire Maul is pretty weird, but they're all over the Burning Steps. They're they're in the Blasted Lands. They're in Feralus. I mean, not they just basically the
2: sought out and populated the worst areas of Kalimdor. Like,
1: it seems like there's more of them in Kalimdor than the Eastern Kingdoms, but. They had to pull some crazy tricks to get to Kalimdor in mass. Yeah,
2: because the thing is, is like they all came through on the Eastern Kingdoms. So how did they get over to Kalimdor? And the
1: Eastern Kingdoms only started going to Kalimdor recently, and I can't see that was like, ogres building boats. Ships.
0: Yeah. Well, no. See, the thing is, they ogres did maybe, sail over to Draenor. Maybe they're very buoyant. No, I mean honestly, we know <laughs> that ogres at one time had a high civilization, and that they sailed from wherever the heck they're from to the south to the continent that we're on now. It's possible that they just built gigantic outrigger canoes or something and sailed across. Yeah, okay, the question is... are stupid. No, that's not even the problem. Because obviously, you know, for instance, uh, what's his name? Two-headed or ogre. Choke- oh, oh, you know, I know how they got there. Oh my god, Guldon! It's Guldon. Oh, one. yeah. he Because they bunch were the Twilight's
2: hammer. Yeah, he brought a
0: whole mm. bunch of them over to, to, to So Surum.
2: maybe all of the Kalimdor ones were kind of like splintered. Yeah. From the Twilight's Hammer.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Damn it, Gul'dan. You do everything wrong, man.
2: He does everything terribly.
0: (laughs) Just Gul'dan. You're just a jerk. All right. This one is from Xanos, a Retribution Paladin, Airy PQS. Uh, Hey, guys. Been thinking about this for a while now and was looking for some other input. The bodyguard system introduced via garrisons is cool, but very bare bones. It has a lot of potential to be really fun. Buzz is known for being very good at repurposing ideas and concepts from other games and making them shiny and polished. What kind of improvements would you like to see, if any, with this system? Personally I'd like to see it open up to all characters from the ten to twenty range and maybe a mix of uh FF which one? I don't fifth fourteen? F fourteen uh Chocobo Companion as far as functionality and the story elements of Sortor's companions if they want to make them preset. Uh alternately a recruit your own mercenary follower could be nice as well. Pick the race slash gender slash class slash spec of them, but have the uh name randomly generated. Anyway, I think there's a lot of potential here, and if they don't bring it back, it seems like a bit of a waste. Uh cheers, Xanos. I don't use the bodyguards at all. But uh I know Alex does. I don't know if Ann does or not. Um so
2: I Alex... play a rogue, I never use the bodyguards.
1: Yeah, yeah. they're a pain on a the rogue. They don't stealth through. Or... They stealth, but not very well. Okay. Um I like bodyguards. Uh I do agree that They're pretty bare-bones. The bodyguards being so bare-bones can be frustrating. Like I said, you know, rogues, they don't stealth well. Um, I like Delavar Iron Fist, but he often runs into combat in places himself where I wouldn't have aggroed things, but he does because he doesn't pay attention to that, so he pulls a lot of stuff, so he gets irritating in that way. Having more control would be nice. I think Star Wars... The Old Republic does a really good job with this stuff. Even if Blizzard didn't implement the storylines, I mean, it would be cool if they did, but even if they didn't, you get so much more control and customization options that if they kept them around, that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, I don't... Like I said, I don't use them. Um, I never have, even though I don't... I mean, I play a warrior, so... If I want to tank, I tank up. And if I want DPS, I I am DPS. And if you tanked up, generally speaking... Uh, tanks do enough damage and take so little damage in town that it's pretty easy to just kill stuff as pro- as like Prot, at least a Prot Warrior. I don't know about those like I don't yeah, know. Um, counts,
1: I just take Delvar because he makes it a little bit faster. Like I can do all of it myself; like it's not really a problem. But just having more DPS is it just gets yeah. those dailies done that much faster.
0: What do you have to do to do the bodyguard? You have to have the barracks.
1: You have to have the barracks, at least level yeah. two.
0: I didn't have the barracks for a long time. I do now because like they made the uh, salvage yard pretty worthless. Yeah. So I, I got rid of my salvage yard. Uh, most of my followers are high enough level that I didn't really worry about that. But yeah, right. it's just – I'm not – so I, I have the barracks now. I could do it, but I'm, I'm used to not having it, so I, I never bothered.
1: Yeah, it. and you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, they could make this a regular feature, but it ha- it's one of those things that has the possibility of alienating people. Like if you balance the whole game around having a bodyguard, yeah. you essentially make everybody into a pet class.
0: Yeah, I honestly, everybody would have a pet it kind of reminds me of diablo diablo 3 but companions the, yeah the companions in diablo 3 have like their own little stories and they have back and forth dialogue with you mm-hmm. and not just not just dialogue where you talk to them like you know like in-game dialogue like they just say stuff while you're running through the dungeon that's one of the things i loved about diablo 3 is like you'll be running through the dungeon and you'll you'll say things to the companions and they'll say things back um have either of you had the, like, the, the sorceress type co- companion? I, what is she called The mystic or whatever?
2: Yeah. Uh, the
0: Enchantress. The Enchantress. When you have the Enchantress with you in a dungeon, after a while like, she'll start just talking about random things. And one of the things she's like is, I don't understand the Templar. Why is he so standoffish? And you're like, he's in love with you. And she's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, like, seriously, she's like, no, what? It's like one of the things, I really loved that. I thought it was like a great little touch to actually have you just, right. you know, especially if you're playing a barbarian, because the barbarian is just so, like, you know, yeah, he's in love with you. What? No. No, he totally is. Yeah. No, you haven't noticed? So it's like, oh, my God, no. This is so embarrassing. And you're like, it's going to be worse when you see him in camp next. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing i'd love to see if you're gonna have bodyguards in wow i would love it if they had little dialogue like that i would love it if they had like actual storyline quests and stuff like what is the deal with like honestly he's not a companion or anything in the the game right now but burchis what is the deal with burchis why is he in my garrison what did i do why is he there? Did I did you I, saved him? You helped up in him. Gorgrond.
1: Therefore, he's going to make your life miserable.
0: I didn't, when, when did I do that? I don't remember saving him. All I know he's is a, he's in my
2: garrison.
1: He's a quest in Gorgrond where you have to kill something for. You him
2: go way up. up north and you have to like fight the cat people to like feed something or get an essence or so, I don't know. Anyway, so there's one of those big plant dudes. Oh my and God. You have to help his this. spirit pass on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of the, one of the uh, big breaker types.
2: Right. Well, Burgess is the one that's standing there looking over him.
0: He's a primal or is he a breaker?
2: He's uh, a primal. He's a primal. Yeah. He's a primal.
0: I remember and that. Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, yeah Burgess would... was the
2: dude that was there. So when you help Burgess out after you finish helping him out, he's like, yeah, I'll go hang out at your garrison. Apparently, so if I had you helped
0: him, he wouldn't be there?
2: Right. Probably. Apparently,
1: he was there all along in the Horde garrison. But my characters are Alliance. I didn't know this. In 6.2, they fixed it so he would also show up for the alliance.
2: Apparently, Does he go into your garrison, inn? And
1: the horde garrison, he's not a pain in the ass, apparently, according to everybody I've talked to. On the alliance side, he just stands on your herb garden. He stands on your garrison cache. <laughs> he stands in doorways. You're at yeah. your mission table, and he's making your screen shake. Go to hell, Birches.
0: <laughs> Leave. So, Versus is really just the most annoying guy possible, but I would love to have adventures with him and have him saying things. That would be awesome.
2: So I have, like, a slightly different outlook at this. I don't know if I'd want to see a bodyguard system with NPCs. I think that this would be an interesting way for them to roll in some kind of um, piggybacking system for lower-level characters where you team up with another player and you're their bodyguard or they're your bodyguard one or the other where like the higher level character is the bodyguard for the lower level character but it kind of evens out your levels to something even and you get your own quest chain like your own series of quest chains that the two of you have to complete as a duo see when they have when they put in the scaling time walking dungeons that's when i started
0: thinking they they could do that pretty easily
2: It'd be because fun, they, though, wouldn't it? Because it's, it's like, oh, let me team up with this dude and we'll go do these quests together, you know? I, I mean, if, if
0: nothing else, that was a system you could use for dungeons. Like, you could have... You could run dungeons with your high-level friends and you just get boosted up to their level. Yeah. That'd be cool.
2: But I think it'd be a way to make that a little bit more engaging than just, okay, you're just going to shadow my every move or whatever. It, it Like, give them some kind of unique sort of... Bodyguardish quest chain, sort of like what the bodyguards give you when you get your reputation high enough, only it's something for the two of you to complete as a duo. I think that'd be fun.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think that could be a different thing. It's a like, different I, thing. I it's a, a different thing feature. altogether.
2: Yeah. You know, but it's—I I, mean—I'm looking at it and going, how could you roll that into a way where it wouldn't just be you dragging an NPC around all the time? You know.
1: I think it'd be cool if one of your alts could be your bodyguard. <laughs> That
0: would actually be kind of interesting <laughs> if you could do that. That'd be
1: weird. I've always thought it would be really fun to just, like, if you got player, like, if they implemented player housing, if you could invite your alts there and your, all of Here's your characters a, milling around.
0: I'm going to tell you a story about a game called Dark Sun. Have you ever heard of Dark Sun? No. No. Dark Sun was a pen and paper D&D setting. And the thing about it was it was really hard like you, you got killed a lot it was very harsh one of the systems that that game had was the it was like the 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 tree or character tree like when you rolled a character you didn't just roll your character you then had like all these other characters that were like related to your character in some way mm-hmm. like maybe your aunt your cousin some guy you know from the arena that you fought in together and if you died you would immediately switch to one of those other characters and start playing them and I'd love right. it if WoW did that with your alts. Like if your alts were related to you in some way, not always, but yeah, like I think if you
1: there's can... some other games that do things like that. Like, um,
0: Didn't uh, Star Wars it's... do it. Like the Old Republic Star Wars like has Wars uh, has
1: yeah, it has a family thing. I think there's also like uh, Infinity Blade. I think the mobile games like it, you keep playing it over and over, and you're playing the son of your previous character or something. <laughs> there's also a rogue like where you continuously play. Descendants, and you die really easily in that game. Like it's brutal, but you keep playing somebody else from that family line.
0: Yeah, so there's it's games a...
1: that have done things like it. You
0: could do like a kind of like relationship tree for for WoW and your alts. So that'd be kind of neat. But uh, I'm I'm being told by the mysterious voices that control my destiny that we need to wrap up the show. Yeah. So in, in uh, short,
1: I do like the bodyguard feature. I think making it permanent would probably alienate people who don't want to be pet classes.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that if they're going to make it permanent, they need to do a lot more work on it. And Anne thinks it should be how you do a uh, mentor. It should be something all
2: together, something else all together.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. I, still, I still call it sidekicking because I played City of Heroes. Sidekicking, yeah. First game
2: that's, I was trying to remember the City of Heroes term for it. Sidekicking, that was it.
0: <laughs> all right, so that's the show. Um, if you have an email for the show, again, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Um, Alex, as always, is going to take us out with a quick plea for support. Alex?
1: Yeah, um, if you want to support our show, if you want to support our website, everything we do, you can do that through patreon.com slash wizardwatch. We're a community-funded site. Uh, we appreciate your support. We, within the last couple of weeks, released a new list of patron benefits. You can get things like this podcast a couple of days early. You can get our Lore Watch podcast a week early and all sorts of other things. So patreon.com slash wizardwatch.
0: Thank you.